0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Rant and Grow. I'm your host, Tulio Sergusa, and today I have Sunil Gazi, who's my guest, and we're going to be talking about a very interesting topic. We're going to be talking about intuition. Specifically, what we're going to be talking about is how intuition um, helps us to avoid making bad decisions and how do we do that? By sharpening that intuition. But before we get into the topic, let's get to know Sunil a little bit. Please, Sunil, welcome to the show. Introduce yourself to the audience.
1: Uh, thank, thank you very much for inviting me. I'm uh, really excited to drop some knowledge bombs on intuition. Uh, my name is Sunil Godse. I've got uh, a couple of books. I'm the founder of C- and CEO of Intuitionology. Uh, I've had a TEDx talk. Uh, and I've been doing this for a number of years, a uh, former engineer, former entrepreneur, Uh, management consultant now turned uh, educator Um, and uh, one of the best things I've got going right now is I've got in terms of sharpening intuition I've got a seven-day challenge that people can go through where it's it's free and um, they learn how to sharpen their intuition using their own intuition uh, a problem that they identify uh, and actually measure how strong your intuition gets in those seven days I've had 54,000 people through that uh, and um, and you also get a free copy of my ebook. So that is something that you can use uh, readily right right after this uh, listening to me, where you can start sharpening that intuition um, and you learn how it's really important in making decisions um, through my uh, interview with you today.
0: I'm really excited to dive into this with you, Sunil. I have only really recently, by recently I mean probably the past six, seven years of my life, I've only recently really started trusting my intuition. Uh, And I probably attribute it to having become way more present than Mm -hmm. I ever have been in the past. But I'm curious to learn, what prompted you to go down this path to talk about intuition? Was there some uh, revelation or your own journey that sort of got you there and say, man, I have to share this with other people? Tell us a little bit
1: about that absolutely and and the genesis of this really came from my first book called fail fast succeed faster and this is the the premise of that book is if you learn from the hurdles and mistakes of others in business then you should be able to succeed faster as an entrepreneur or as a business executive um and when people started asking me what's the one thing that I can do uh, to accelerate my success. And I said, well, this is why this is a 400-page book. Um, but when I went back to the audio recordings, it was really strange that 80 to 90% of those executives and entrepreneurs used some form of, I should have I, I known what the decision was. I, I should have used my gut. I didn't trust my intuition and mm-hmm. variations around that. And so when I really started looking, I said, wow, when did in- intuition really affect my life? And I remember when I was five years old, I had this distinct voice that was telling me to go door-to-door door to, door to, door to raise money after my father told me that I couldn't buy these video games that were expensive. And I did. And I raised $200 as a five-year-old kid with lots of milk and cookies. Uh, and uh, I gave 100 to him and $100 went to charity. Um, okay. Hang on a yeah, second. So yeah.
0: you just sort of had this, this hunch, that little voice that's like, go do this. Yeah. You listen. You listen yes, to it. Yes, I listened to it.
1: At five I years old. I listen to it. Yeah, Amazing. at five years old. Amazing. A- and we'll go into these hunches and the characteristic of the hunches because this is really important. Uh, but the real reason why I needed to scratch the surface deeper uh, was when I ignored my intuition. There were three distinct things that have happened. One is I got into a career, uh, and and I'm an East Indian male, so there's four doors of career opportunities. It's doctor, lawyer, engineer, or failure. And so I picked door number three, which was the engineer. My dad was an engineer, and I hated it. Um, I was always meant to be an entrepreneur. Uh, I got a chance to be a private a private investor in a Mexican restaurant while being an engineer, and it was very, very clear that was my calling. I quit engineering, lost a relationship with my dad became a successful management consultant after running a number of businesses and gaining 20 million in revenues. Um, And then I had this huge opportunity down in Silicon Valley. And uh, it was amazing. The money was uh, crazy, yet the contract terms kept changing. And again, this, this, this something started itching at me saying, don't take the contract, back off. But I didn't, I was so emotionally involved with the size of that contract in terms of money that I spent every single penny going down to the States and uh, they didn't pay me. And I came back to Canada with 25 cents in my bank account. Um, And perhaps the most devastating decision is when I was in engineering, I was doing uh, some personal coaching at the time and had a friend reach out to me to try and get some advice. And uh, she really, somebody was stalking her and she says, Sunil, I need to really talk to you now. Again, this something was telling me, meet with her that afternoon. But for some weird reason, I ignored that something and said, let's meet a couple of days later. And what ended up happening is that same fellow who was stalking her walked up to a bus shelter the next day and put a bullet through her head. And now I really needed to find out why I ignored my intuition because now I've lost time, money, effort, and now a really good friend because I ignored these somethings. And so in my, in my sort of, start to find out what is this thing called intuition? I saw it as like an art and a science. Um, as I saw, see things even in engineering, you know, some of the qualities of steel, for example, has a mass and energy or wave like properties. That's how I kind of kind of defined it in my own way. And I was wondering why I couldn't find a definition. I mean, it was talked about like there was manifestation, voices from God at the time that I was doing my research. it That didn't resonate with me. If that resonates with others, absolutely. There's no problem with that, but not for me. So when I looked at these somethings, which were signals, there were two types of signals that I realized after I uh, interviewed over a thousand people, and they were positive and negative signals. And the positive signals are the ones that actually tell you what the right decision is. And so for, what, for us who pay attention to those signals, for me, for example, the dots connect, there's a feeling of flow. And so when I get that, then I know that I can, I can trust that, that decision I'm about to make. Uh, and one CEO actually talks about this omen that pops up. And whenever he's doing it, whatever decision, either hiring someone, dealing with a vendor, bringing on a partner, um, when that omen pops up uh, on his right behind his right shoulder, he, there's no color or shape. He knows what he's going to do is he just takes that decision, whatever he's whatever he's working on. Uh, and then the, the contrast to that is the negative intuitive signals, and these are uh, for me are going to be some you know is there sort of having that gut feeling, or something's just quite off. Uh, and uh, for others, one CEO actually he didn't even know what his intuitive signals were until we started talking about the failures he had in his ventures. And all of a sudden he's starting to grab his left earlobe. And then he said, Sunil, I think I just realized what my intuitive signal is. Every time he went into a venture for the wrong reason, he remembers now grabbing his left earlobe. So Mm. now I know that these signals are very specific to people. And so now let's switch to the science part of things. One of the reasons why I couldn't find a definition is science shows that intuition actually hits the amygdala, which is the primitive part of your brain. And that's basically responsible for fight or flight. And it's basically one word, uh, you know, think, trust, fight, run. That's it. And so there's no language associated with it. And so that's why we all have our own definition of what intuition is. And so for my, pod, for my podcast series um, that I have, uh, I've interviewed over a thousand people there and all the, de- the definitions are going to be different. Uh, the, some coalesce around you know this feeling Which is exactly what I'm expecting Because the amygdala is where you feel Like things happen And so the majority of the decisions are around that feeling That makes sense If I heard a, 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 a voice when I was five years old The premise is that you're born with it And there was some research that was showing That infants as young as two months old Have been shown to have intuitive tendencies Or they call it intuitive physics in the paper Okay, so you're born with it now and,
0: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the sages say, if you want to know the truth, ask ask a babe, ask a child, <laughs> That's ask right. a baby, and They will <laughs> tell you the truth. Absolutely. Uh, they they are just naturally connected. Uh, also, you know, there's also this idea that um, the truth exists beyond the logic. You know, in in a metaphysical realm that yes. is not physically in our brain. So, how do you tap into that energy sequence? You know, some people call it clairvoyance, intuition, gut feeling, what have you. Yeah. But I'm curious to ask a question at this point because I think a lot of people, most people, get that sort of messaging. Mm -hmm. But but there's the the distortion that happens, right? You made a choice, cost your relationship with your dad. You made another choice, cost you a lot of money. So what's how do people balance when like you say, how do you know when it's the right flow? What's the switch? You know, because we we're we're hypercritical thinking people, right? Yep. So, yep. so we get the message and then we we think ourselves out of it.
1: Yeah, how absolutely. You stop
0: that. How do you How do you get? How do you get the red flag? It's like, wait, I'm thinking myself out of this thing. Any yeah. tips on that? Because yeah. that's where people get tripped up. I know, I know I did for many, many years. Yeah, and Still- you you
1: actually you talked about uh, something being in the present, and that's very, very important because when, what happens is, and your listeners can do this today, when you look back at any of the decisions that you made, both positive and negative, think about what the good decisions you made and what did it feel like at that time. And the, now what you're doing is taking an inventory of your positive signals, and you do the same for negative signals, what, what did it feel like when you made a bad decision? And what's more important about the negative signals is that they actually start very subtle in nature. And that's the reason why we ignore these subtle signals or whispers. So everyone I'm sure has been to, they walk into a situation, whether it's meeting a person or a, a room and they go, even internally, ah, you know, something is off here. That's their subtle intuitive signal telling them that something is off. And because it's so subtle, we ignore it. So when you're doing your exercises on taking inventory of your negative signals, make sure that you think about, let's say it is the voice, for example, just for argument's sake. Let's say you've had, you had the same thing I had. and It was a voice saying, don't do this, and you ignored it, and you identify the voice. You have to make sure that that was the, the, that was the first decision. If that wasn't decision number three, in a series of decisions, you got to figure out well, what was number decision number two that I avoided that got me to decision number three, and what was decision number one I avoided that got me to decision number two, because those are the two signals that are also very, that are much more important. And if you miss, let's say, yeah, those the, the first two signals, that means you made two bad decisions, and so those two bad decisions could result in maybe just a stub toe, or maybe you're headed towards bankruptcy. You don't know that. Uh, And so this is where it's really important that you take the time to get the inventory of positive negative signals, and then get in the present moment. Because when you're in the present moment and you get that signal, you can't rationalize itself out. Because remember, your neurons have hit the amygdala. Your rational part comes after. That's when your neurons go from the amygdala to the rational part of your brain. And it, then it's too late, right? Because your, your your amygdala is where the intuition hits. You get a signal, and you already know what the decision is to make. And one of the characteristics of intuition is that it does go back to your previous experience uh, and the learning that you have. And so, when it tells you of a decision that you need to make, you've already got this huge library of experiences that it puts in the in the subconscious side of your brain to make a decision moving forward. So when you get that that quick. Uh, that quick decision and research is now showing that your intuition actually acts seven to 10 seconds before you make a decision or take an action. Uh, And entrepreneurs, same thing, average of seven seconds before they take a a business decision. So this is research now showing that it acts much earlier than we think. And a neurologist uh, colleague of mine who I interviewed says exactly the same thing. So now we've got sort of things rooted in science saying, yeah, it's happening much earlier. We gotta make sure that we trust those signals and we take those steps to, uh, to make those signals. One of the biggest ways that we kind of, the fear is the biggest one. That's the biggest stop for us. Fear of change, fear of the unknown, fear, fear of failure. And the best case that I can give you is a story that I have of David Dame, who was in his wheelchair, cerebral palsy all his life. His dream was to actually just stand on a beach and just feel caress the, the sand and the water through his toes. And he got that chance recently he gets wheeled up to the uh, edge of the beach there, sand in the water beach, stands up, feels the, the, the sand through his toes and then falls flat in his, on his face. And so he, he was telling me, he says, Sunil, there's two things I can do at this exact moment. The first thing is that I can sit back and succumb to the fear, go back in my wheelchair and forever regret that I've never been able to live my dream of actually just walking into the ocean. Or the second thing I can do is trust my intuitive signals To actually take one step, be in the present moment, take another step, and then take another step. And that's what he did. And he points to to his chin. He says the water gets about to his chin level, and that's when he turns around. And when he does, he just doesn't realize how far he's come. And that's what happens when you trust the signals that your intuition tells you. So you got to know what those inventory of signals are. You take those steps. uh, And you have to make sure you filter your relationships to only bring yourself around those people who are going to support you not yes, people, but people who you really, really need around you to support you in where you want to go, what your purpose is, what where why you why have you been an entrepreneur? Why are you a business professional? Why are you this type of person? Why are you moving in this direction? And you really need to understand and define what that is. And then, Surround yourself with the people that are supporting you. Surround yourself in the environment that supports that. Um, And the signals are always going to support you because that's what you want. And that's what your intuition wants when it comes to purpose and and your values and being strong rather than looking behind and being spiteful of I'm going to prove this person wrong or this person doesn't think I'm successful. And many of us are walking around in life, unfortunately, where we don't trust ourselves and we're doing it for others and we're putting our values in other people's hands. And that's that again, it's going to be two times the cost. This is something I'd call opportunity cost. And this is what happens when you make a bad decision. When you don't listen to your intuition, when you ignore those intuitive signals, it's not just the cost of making that bad decision, it's also the cost of not making the right decision. And that is two times the cost. So when you start making. Right. Right, Because right. so then you
0: start you start not trusting yourself which absolutely. contributes to a cycle that makes it even worse to
1: tap. Absolutely. On absolutely. I'm
0: curious to ask, I love that that you've you've turned what many people refer to as some hocus pocus into an actual scientific proven methodology that that has some actual logic and rationale behind it. Um, so I encourage anybody listening should definitely take this this course. I'm going to check it out for sure because where else can you actually fine-tune your intuition? There's no tool out there. There's no textbook that shows you how to do it. So um, my question is what are some of the challenges people face in terms of what gets in the way right. of them trusting their intuition? Are there some key things that you've discovered over the 1,000 uh, interviews you've done Yep. There's some key things that keep popping up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there's there's four common intuitive hurdles that get in the way of us trying to uh, trying to listen to our intuitive signals, and the reason is we talked about it earlier when we don't have a strong sense of values, we put the values in other people's uh, laps, or we don't trust ourselves. These four intuitive hurdles come and they squash your signals like anything. And so we talked about one, which was fear. Uh, and you have to remember when you're in a decision remember we're at the amygdala so that it's either you're going to be eaten by a saber-toothed tiger or you're not it's it's a binary thing at the amygdala stage so when you are feeling fear one of the things that you have is that you've got that positive intuitive signal that's saying you can do this and remember i've talked it's got the experience you've already you've already got the raw skills so even if it's new career a new business a new environment a new city uh, you know, if, if your intuition saying is move there or do that, you've already got some raw skill sets in your past that says that your intuition saying you can do it. Um, the other three is going to be one is being way too emotional. So when we get into relationships, for example, we have a tendency to be, be way too emotional. We give, I want to even go to say second chances because your intuition is already given second chances. But when the actions don't match the words and they see values that are really detracting from yours of the person that you have in, in a relationship, either close or friends, uh, you tend to self-talk to keep you in, the, in that relationship. Uh, the other one is being too rational. I did that as an engineer. I followed societal norms, cultural norms, even though my intuition was screaming at me to be an entrepreneur. Um, and again, two, three years of my life gone where I could use, again, I could have got three years in another, um, uh, in another business and I made $20 million. How much money did I not make by wasting my three years there? And the last one is ego. And there's two sides to ego from an academic perspective. Uh, one is your narcissism, which is something you're, you're just talking because you want to hear yourself and you want to be the center of attention, and your intuition saying yeah you shouldn't be. Um, the other one is following the herd, and this is where you you latch onto a group of people or a person because they're famous or they happen to wear some brand names or uh, you know there's a, they they know certain people you want, but you know if the intention of of joining a certain bunch of people or a person. Is wrong or not because that's that feeling. Yet you battle through that feeling and you 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 tend to stay friends with this um, this person or these people, and then start wasting time. So those are the four intuitive hurdles. Uh, and a- again, when you know what your your uh, your intuitive signals are, your si- your signals are going to align you with your values. And so when you detract from those values, your intuition is going to say, I, 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 I'm going to give you a negative signal because you're not living your life through your values. And so that 's when those four intuitive hurdles come and pummel you
0: i'm curious how many people um, when I think of values uh, some prefer them different ways. Some will say terms or uh, what have you but um, in working with men for over a decade i i can 't tell you how many times i 've seen situations where someone was in a heap of a mess mm-hmm. in their life, and they just didn 't even know what their terms were they didn 't know. Their values, whether they were a person of integrity, what, what mattered to them? Yeah. So it's part of the exercise that people do to fine tune their intuition, with your program. Do you also help them with those four steps to fine tune, identifying what their values are? Because a lot of people just, you know, they go through life like the wind. They just kind of, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. They, they haven't really actually sat down with them, so what actually matters to me?
1: Yeah. And, uh, and what the seven day challenge essentially does is it gets them to really be, get focused on what their positive intuitive and negative intuitive signals are. And it's a very, very specific process. So they solve a problem that they have that hasn't worked in the past, and, it, and then they define what it means to them to solve that problem. And the first thing they do is they look at what didn't work in the past. And that's a window into their negative signals, negative tourists And so they really need to think hard about what didn't work in the past and what did it feel like in the moment. Once they have that inventory of negative signals, what they next do is they think, okay, how am I going to solve this problem? And they start putting in the steps that they're going to solve. And the key thing is when they've identified their negative signals, if they start to put in a step that's not the right one, they're they've already done research on their negative signals. One's going to pop up and say, uh, 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 what are you doing? Uh, you know, that's not a step you should put, put in there. And so now they're educated that they, they have a negative signal saying, this is something I'm not going to put in. So they take that out. And so what, when they're done, they have a, a good path to solve that problem that is driven by their positive intuitive signals. Once they have that, then they look at who do they surround themselves with to make sure that that specific problem can be solved. What environment do they change? and then they go through and then they solve it and and in the 7 days i actually measure their intuition on a percentage basis from the start and to the end and and as i mentioned before i have over 54,000 people now through the 7 day challenge uh, and all this
0: all this is for free i mean that's for free this- brilliant yeah. like you have and this is like a platform online or definitely yeah they, not,
1: they just go to intuitionology.com and the 70 challenge is there because the the idea and for like me it's like
0: wizard's based right so they set yeah. up there this is what i want to solve yeah. and, and That's it. literally it, go through this journey of identifying where they're on, where they're off, and exactly. why that's happening,
1: and then they have a PDF Brilliant. template that they can fill out, and they they can download, and they've got a free copy of my ebook, and so now they've got a template for every single decision they have to make, every single problem that they want to solve, and so obviously, if they want to deal with a little bit further with me when they've got intuitive hurdles uh, coming in, or if they want to one on one, that's a different story, but. My whole goal is let me shine a light on your intuition, your subconscious phenomenon, what you're born with, your skills, your experiences, your signals uh, to solve your problems. It has nothing to do with me. I'm just shining a light on stuff that you have i'm just saying start doing the work so that every decision you make is the right one and then that's how you stop avoiding the bad decisions and there's so much research tens of thousands and it's not just a personal thing i mean there's marketing decisions uh on my on my if you look on my website i've got jeff bezos sarah blakely jk rowling oprah winfrey uh, tim cook um uh, richard branson and steve jobs uh, they're all talking about how intuition taught it was the key driver for their decisions uh, and so now you have a window into entrepreneurship, into business as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm interesting. I'm curious to see if there's been any kind of A/B tests, right? Because there's some organizations that pride themselves in being uber analytical, measuring every little thing to make decisions, right? Yep. And and sometimes they do all that, and then the outcomes still aren't great. And you're like, what the heck happened? <laughs> yeah, because you didn't yep. perhaps listen to uh, you know your gut or your intuition. Uh, have you actually uh, had a challenge or are you thinking about having a challenge where you can have a similar situation and have it go through sort of this A B test, right? You know, test against the super analytical approach, rational approach that mm-hmm. maybe maybe will say this is how you validate whether this is gonna work or not. And then and the person who's like completely present, tuned in and just makes a decision based on their signals.
1: Well, so
0: I'd be curious to see who would do better.
1: Well, I've got 54,000 people through and 100% of the time their signals have gotten, their their intuitive, uh, their intuition has gotten stronger. I did have a couple of people who quote unquote fell off the wagon and there was, it was actually a boxer that actually Mm. I was, uh, so he had gone through the seven day challenge uh, and uh, he was in tune and it was really interesting because he lost four of his. Only professional fights because of this, and in, these intuitive signals, uh, the intuitive hurdles, one of them, the big one, ego. Uh, and one, and he revealed it uh, actually to me publicly. He's never told anybody else, but he was peeing blood. Another one, his testosterone levels were through the roof. But again, ego got him to fight. He lost. Uh, and it, it just really screwed up with his mind. And so when he went to the seven day challenge, he was ready uh, until he. Uh, let things, you know, kind of go. He didn't do the work. Uh, And remember, you got to consistently do the work. And I remember I was walking around in Costco with my wife doing some shopping and a a text popped up from his name's Phil, Phil Agreco. And um, Phil said, look, man, you're you're, bleep works. Uh, You know, I knew I was getting into a scam. I knew it. I knew it. The signals were there. And I just lost $2,000. I just lost $2,000. And he says, "I, I like, Okay, I got to get back, and, and of course I've got a boot camp that comes after the seven day challenge that I've had a number of people through. And he said, "When's your next boot camp?" And I said, "Okay, let me let me look at the marketing team and get them in touch with you." Uh, so this is where you really got to make sure you do the work. And it's great that you come off the seven day challenge and you're all excited, but you have to maintain those signals, making sure that you are making those uh, those things. And in his case, he knew he knew he was being scammed. And yet he fell prey to uh, – and I don't know the exact situation, so I'm not sure what it is. But somebody must have been a smooth talker and got $2,000 out of his pocket. So you got to be careful. Yeah, um,
0: unreal, unreal. So we're coming up on time, but I'm curious. I know as a coach, one thing I've learned is that many times what trips people up is their limited beliefs, right? They they go into action. They do the block and tackle. They take the steps. Mm-hmm. But then they inevitably end up hitting the ceiling that they've established because their beliefs, their connective uh, neuroscience in the brain doesn't allow them to go beyond that belief. And we've used mantras and things of that sort to break through and establish new connections to overcome those beliefs, to Mm -hmm. override those beliefs. Um, Part of this challenge, if people still have difficulty because, you know, some people have traumas, right, from their childhood that have created beliefs that are subconscious, that limit them, that literally block them from going beyond what those beliefs are. Do you that? Do you offer the ability to work with these folks to take a step further? How does that? Yeah, play absolutely.
1: Out? Absolutely. So, and and you you hit a, a big nail on the head because the past trauma is where they, they get a lot of the emotions stuck, and when your emotions are stuck in the past in something that's happened, uh, whether it's abuse or being assaulted or, or you know uh, anything sort of like that, um, where there's some major major trauma or the loss of somebody big in the past, you have to be you have to work. Uh, that out. and so I use hypnotherapy one on one or there are some very, very private group coaching ones that I'm very limited in in bringing people through. but generally these are sort of one on one sessions where we actually work through the trauma we we whatever happened that happened, but we take the emotional stickiness out of what happens and when that is released, then what happens is that you're not hijacking your amygdala anymore because these these traumatic events hijack the amygdala and you're usually heightened emotionally um, Mm -hmm. and that's where it gets stuck. So you're already skewed your amygdala. So no matter what happens with your intuition, you've already skewed it. So it doesn't allow you to kind of move move ahead. And so I've had... uh, I don't know hundreds of because uh, I've been doing this for about thirty years now on the personal coaching side, uh, and so that's one of the primary reasons that uh, we kind of release that. And when that happens, there's a huge, huge release. I mean, there's there's one who uh, he he was he was stuck. Somebody had uh, he had lost a loved one, and he almost wanted to end his life. And when we worked on it, it was a forty five minute session, and then next thing you know, he picked up a set of brushes, and uh, he no artistic talent whatsoever he sold his first painting for six thousand dollars um his relationships got much better he was able to move on from almost being homeless to now he just recently bought a a house uh in the toronto area and so these are the types of of, of wins that you can get when you kind of release what's stuck in the back and he tried all the things with his physician and medication Um, and he ended up finding a Buddhist temple and then he ended up coming to me uh, and then that's how we worked with him to really release that and and his life has just been transformed and I've got uh, I mean there's 16 testimonials on my website of how their people's lives have changed just by by working with me and working with the intuitionology project in some way shape or fashion
0: amazing amazing I mean it's such an important uh, I call it sacred work you know breaking through the traumas I call it sacred work because unless you're unless you're going to learn to be vulnerable again, you can't open yourself up to anything. Absolutely. And that's the secret is you got to learn to be vulnerable. And, and that requires breaking through those uh, those traumas. And I call it secret, sacred work because we pass it on to our children if we don't break it. Right. So uh, it's been great to hear you one more time. Uh, please tell people where they can take on this challenge. It sounds like anyone listening to this, You got to do this. I mean, just at least just for like checking it out to see what what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds as though it could be a great tool to uh, to help have some breakthroughs. Tell us again how to do that.
1: Yeah, they can go to intuitionology.com and there's a seven-day challenge there. And uh, Tulio, what I'll do is I can get you a a specific URL for you as well. Uh, And so they can link in the show notes to that uh, if that's easier for them. Um, I will do that. Yeah. And and yeah, away they go. And uh, uh, there's lots of ways to contact me through all the social media links. Um, There's Sneal at Uh, sunilgodsy.com. And when they're in the challenge, my team will probably reach out to them to see how they're doing. Um, And so, yeah, lots of touch points. I want this to be a win- For zero cost out of your pocket. This has got to be something that you have to take away that's really going to improve your life, if anything. And that's that's my whole purpose here. And that's how I'm living my life every single day. So Neil,
0: great to have you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, stay safe.